The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I'm Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman grew up in a household where there was very little money. Yet somehow, her single mother found a way to make sure she had cello lessons each week. As she moved into her teenage years, she would ride her bike to other children's home and teach them how to play the cello. She dreamed of one day going to Juilliard School in New York City and becoming one of the best. While in high school, her dream came true. She went from being a local kid of a simple family to being surrounded by children from professional families who had been in music for years. A whole new world unfolded, and she became a world-class celloist. Today, she uses her beautiful instrument and her desire to impact, to show others how to listen to music differently so they can experience a higher level of happiness and productivity. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Stephanie Winters. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Annette. It is such a pleasure to be with you and be a part of what you're creating for women. Thank you. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun today and we have such a little time. So, and I got so much I want to cover from you because you've got so many wonderful nuggets of gold that let's go ahead and get started. So you believe that if you set your mind to something, you can achieve it. So I want to know how this works for you and can others do the same? I believe when we're true to ourselves and we're in alignment with our our soul's purpose and we are in alignment with our actions, that we can achieve what we set out to, to achieve, or at least I've been able to. So give me an example of how that would go into Juilliard be an example of that. Or would you have I, other, I mean, or has it repeated itself in your career? I'd say it's repeated itself. I I like to take chances and stretch myself. And I would say one of my first dreams was to go to Juilliard. I had met some other string players in an orchestra who were going to Juilliard. And I set out to find out how do you get into Juilliard? And I was told to go audition for the cello teacher. So I went and did that. And she said, darling, uh, the auditions are only a couple of months away and you have to play two movements of a concerto and two movements of Bach and scales and etudes. And I think it's just too big a stretch. Why don't you lower your sights and apply to some other programs? And I said, no, I want to go to Juilliard and it's all or nothing for me. And I set out that summer, uh, started practicing five hours a day and I got in and it was a big step for me from playing, you know, in the local orchestra to really being on a professional track um, with, I don't know, sort of a different group of people than I had grown up with. And that opened my eyes to different possibilities. And one thing you said that I want to dig into a little bit further is you said it was all or nothing for you. (laughs) <laughs> Did it ever? <laughs> yeah. And I got a feeling it's been that way for you most of your life. Has has there been any times during your life where you have been tempted to settle or other times when people have thought you should settle? Well, I would say that teacher thought I should the first settle. Yeah, I agree. That was the first step for sure. That was the first step. After Juilliard, I decided that I actually didn't want to play classical music and I wanted to 
do something kind of radical and play in bands and play with drums. And I started standing up and playing and I was improvising and making up my own music and started my own group. And I just remember that my classical peers didn't understand why I would do that because it seemed like a step down to them from the sort of dignity and, you know, lay a career path that was sort of laid out that you could follow. I was really kind of bushwhacking my way into an alternative music reality. And I don't know if anyone said directly, you can't do it, but I didn't have any clear role models. And I felt like I was really following um, some deeper need and drive to be creative to take chances, to see the world, and to be less confined. Because musically, that gave me a lot of freedom that I had never experienced before when I was trying to do everything right. In classical music, it's there's a very high standard of doing everything right. And there's a deep history of sort of infinite perfection. And I sort of wanted to shake that off and do something else. So I, I went from, to, from one extreme and then went in another direction. And I'm so glad I did. I mean, I'm so glad I had all those rich experiences. Yeah, I guarantee you've had some, some good ones too. I'm going to stay in this vein a little bit because you've led perfectly into my next question. So women particularly, people do in general, but women particularly often settle for something less than they are capable of. Mm. So do and have others expected you to settle for something less than great? And an expansion of that, how do you deal with others' limited expectations of you so they don't define you? Mm-hmm. I would say that the limitations for me were very structural in terms of what cellists were expected to do and how they were expected to sort of sound and play. And I liked I like to say I took the cello where no cellist had gone before (laughs) and sort of, you know, one of my uh, first non-classical gigs was at CBGB's, which was a punk rock club, a kind of infamous punk rock club in lower Manhattan that had like graffiti all over the walls and, you know, um, this whole history in the late 70s and early 80s as a punk rock scene. And I had my antique cello (laughs) playing on stage. And for me, that was excitement and adventure. So I would say that I just dared to not seek other people's approval. So I, I don't know that it was almost that like other people were keeping me down, but I rejected the idea of what other people were going to think about what I was doing. I played a gig at um, Carnegie Hall this year, and I play a black carbon fiber cello. It kind of looks like a, a race car. And someone said to me, you just walked out there with that black, you know, carbon fiber cello, like without apology. And I thought, why should I apologize? <laughs> like I can play it well. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't really think think, I just don't let what other people think of me hold me back. And there's so So, much wisdom in that. I don't even know if they might, I don't even know what they think because I don't pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably been a big part of your success too. I was just going to say, I think if you want to do break ground, then I think it's really important. 
to be true to yourself. And that you shed that need to be liked and approved of. Yeah, I agree with you. So we're going to stay in the conversation about success a little bit. When you attended Juilliard, you were exposed to a very narrow definition of success. Yeah. Yet, as we've already talked about, you found the courage to break the rules as opposed mm-hmm. to conforming. So what looking back, was that risky? And what did you believe would happen if you chose to follow the norm? I remember thinking about looking at my teachers who um, a lot of them had had uh, played in orchestras. And that was considered a very desirable goal to get into a major orchestra. It's extremely competitive and an incredibly respectable and incredible achievement to get into a major orchestra. And I just, to me, it felt like death. I felt like for my life to be predictable in that way, it felt suffocating. Like I didn't even want that. I didn't even know what the future would hold for me. I just knew that I needed to sort of, I wanted to travel. My goal was to to tour internationally as a concert performer. Now I wasn't a classical concert performer, but I was playing in bands and with songwriters and with my own projects where we were playing original music, meaning, you know, we're, we're on stage at a festival or a concert hall playing our music. And for me, I had that dream at a very young age, but I didn't know any cellists who did that. And so I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, but it was really about just one thing unfolding into the next and into the next. I would say it took longer than I ever thought. Like that was frustrating. I think having tenacity, it sounds like a cliche, but not giving up and really staying focused, staying focused um, on the next step and the next step and the next step. And, you know, I got to tour in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and then eventually Asia. And this, this was my dream. I think I wanted to experience life and experience the audiences and that connection to a group of strangers and feeling the room transform when the music starts, that was an exhilarating experience for me. And it really, really propelled me. And kept you going. Yeah. The thrill of performance. I love that magic of connection. Yeah. And I guarantee you are magical in that space as well. Thank you. So, You've already alluded that in the world of music, you have certainly been a pioneer and a trailblazer, especially with regard to how you've held on to tradition, but yet you have created a new experience with a twist, which is something very unusual. So what did you learn along the way that can help other women be trailblazers? Certainly one thing you've said is not worrying about what other people think of you, but there must be more. Yes. I do think that having um, a disciplined work ethic is essential. And I think, especially today with so many digital distractions, it's really easy to have your time eaten away each day. So again, these are very foundational and, and basic things, but I would say having a disciplined schedule uh, on a daily basis, but also a weekly basis. And I would also say... I really uh, make quite an effort to stay in touch with people. 
when I feel connection with someone or we have an experience together as, you know, a a concert or an event or a workshop, um, when I feel connected and in a kind of synchronicity with someone, I really make an effort to stay in touch with them. And I think as a freelancer, as a self-employed person, as a someone who who's an artistic entrepreneur, we have to create our own network and we have to uh, nurture our own mentors, women who... I think are often ahead of us, but sometimes they're younger than us. Sometimes the younger, someone from a different generation that's younger has a whole different kind of insight and take on the world. So I really try to have a network that has a very broad generational and geographic reach. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful, beautiful advice because there is so much to be learned in those that are so much younger than us and even older. You and I talked about it at the beginning before we got on this recording today, that how that generational span can just enrich your life so much. Yes. I think always being open to learning lessons and evolving to not become fixed, but to keep stretching and growing and learning and evolving. I think that's another driver for me. And I think it allows me, I think that spark of something unfolding is a lot of what creates opportunity. So if you develop a sort of uh, sensitivity to that, again, I'll call it that sort of magic or that spark, and you nurture that and you follow that and you seek other souls with whom you have that, it's almost like a, a, a special kind of pleasure. Like you look forward to talking to them. You know, like we have so many Zoom calls these days and some people it's like, I can't wait to speak to them. Those are the people we want to really cultivate because that just brings so much pleasure. And then good things happen naturally rather than trying to force them. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I think about those people that just as saying that I can think about people that I look forward to, mm -hmm. to being connected with for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And there certainly has been most of the women on this platform. I have loved connecting with all you wonderful women. And likewise, I mean, it's so inspiring to see what you're doing. You're just creating almost like a library of wisdom that people come, women or anyone can come and soak up. And I feel that just the little bit I know you, Annette, that you are embodying a lot of things I talk about. I mean, you're your discipline, your work ethic. We were both early on this call. <laughs> yes, <know>? we were. <laughs> In fact, we chuckled about that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you a little bit something that about an area about when people get uncomfortable. So making a leap of faith, which you have done so yeah. many times, can be very powerful. But in doing this, there is a very uncomfortable place where it seems like you're hanging out there in midair. Mid yeah. Certainly. I mean, I, whoo, you know, it's like a trapeze person going from one platform to the other. So how have you work through this so that it doesn't become a paralyzing discomfort? I would say I'm pretty lucky in that something always works out. 
And it's often just when you thought, wait, maybe this time. And you like, if you're the trapeze artist in midair, instead of you're starting to sort of go down <laughs> instead of grab onto the, the trapeze bar. I somehow have always grabbed onto the trapeze bar and I do have a certain faith in what's meant to be. And I think I, I give it my best shot and then I accept what happens because I know that forcing doesn't work. I know you can't force things. You, I think that's why I, I'm really talking about this idea of chemistry. I think you, one can sort of develop an instinct for what wants to happen and sort of take the sort of the signs and the little hints and the people who cross our path and getting really clear in that intention, I think really helps sort of things to come together. And do you have an opinion of why that happens? I think it goes back a little bit to the first thing we were talking about of, of sort of being true to our souls and true to ourselves. I think when we're true to ourselves, you really can't lose. And so often we're afraid to do that, aren't we? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of conditioning for women about so many things. And some of, some of the traditional things are a fit for me. You know, some of those traditional ideas about women, like I love clothes and I love fashion and I, I love to sort of express myself in that realm. And that's not a fit for everyone. And I think that's the beauty of it is like to just be true to ourselves in that way. And I'm in a way that I wasn't, I didn't do something conventional was I didn't get married till I was almost 50 years old. So I didn't have a family. I didn't have the traditional female role of nurturing in that way, nurturing my children or my family, creating a home. And I remember when I was in my late 40s, I was playing a festival in France and we were in sound check. And I looked around and I was like, I'm the only woman who's here, who's not a headliner, you know, like a singer, like there as a, a sort of famous singer or something. I was the only female instrumentalist. All the crew was men. And I just, there was a moment there where I just thought, have I stayed at the party too long? Like, is it time to sort of build my personal life? Cause I can't tour forever. And again, <laughs> Three years later, I was married. <laughs> and I felt like I kind of met my husband a little bit randomly. He was, he was introduced to me through my friend. And I remember uh, he wrote me an email and he said, I, I live in England and I'm in Thailand. I'm an academic doing research. And I was in New York and I thought, fat chance this is going to work out. <laughs> But I also, there was something very uh, special about him. I felt from the beginning that he was honest and had integrity and was, you know, charming and intelligent. But I just felt like this was a very special man and I should make time. And I guess what I'm saying, I was able to pivot when I saw that it was time to pivot in that stage of life for me. 
So I'm going to ask you something about this creative space, and it's not it's not part of questions I have prepared for you, but I'm going to go there anyway because you've perked my curiosity. So as a professional musician of such world class, what would you say to those women listening that would like to use music as a way to free themselves from structure, whether it's mm. in the privacy of their bedroom or whether it's in when they're fixing dinner? How how would you how would you guide them to do that? Huh. I would say, listen to music that makes you want to move, that makes you want to move your body. And that could just be swaying, could be snapping your fingers, <laughs> it could be dancing, you know, that sort of thing, like we dance in our rooms where no one can see us. I like to listen when I go for a walk, and I feel like it becomes a a soundtrack to looking at the world through a slightly different lens. So we, we live near the beach here and the beach, the water always looks a little different. You know, the waves are bigger or smaller or the birds are there or they're not there or, you know, and I sort of somehow feel like I'll put on my earbuds or whatever. And it just like, almost like I create this, almost magic world I can step into. It's like it activates my imagination. So it's a, you know, notice when music makes you want to move, when you're, you start to get ideas, when you feel a smile come to your face, when you just feel that slight lift. I think whenever we can just sort of orient ourselves in a slightly better direction, we are on our way to having a better day. And if we have a better day, then we're more likely to have a better day tomorrow too. I mean, it's just sort of, again, that idea of alignment and orientation towards what feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. So Stephanie, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? I would. Um, we didn't even talk about this before, but I... I mean, we're talking now in um, early 2021. So the past nine months, I have been pretty much at home like everybody else. And I developed a coaching program for people to sort of tune their well-being because I believe that that sense of well-being really emanates from a very deep place within and when that inner place feels in alignment and in tune, just we have more energy, things start to feel easier, we're more, we think more clearly, we're more intuitive. And I used these protocol, this technique when I was on stage to get ready to play before I had an important event. And when the situation came where for the first time in decades, I hadn't been traveling internationally a lot. And I was just in one place. I started to feel that this was the opportunity to go deep within. Instead of the exploration being out there, that it was almost like a, an opportunity, a rare opportunity to really understand when do I feel good and why? And I realized it was how I oriented myself. And so I, I developed this very simple protocol that takes a few seconds. It's like when we tune the instrument, it's easier to play. 
And so this is my idea is that we, we learn to tune ourselves, just like as a musician, we learn to tune the instrument. We learn to tune ourselves. We learn to feel that resonance and that ease, like how much easier it feels when we feel clear and grounded and settled. I'm just calmer just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> I have to give you a session. <laughs> no, you certainly will. I certainly will. Stephanie, thank you for being so generous with all your wisdom and, and your unique perspective. I've absolutely loved it. And I, I can't imagine it not bringing tremendous value to every person that's listening. That flew by. It is such a pleasure to speak with you again. Much success to you, Annette, in spreading this sort of archive and library of, of women's wisdom. It's really going to enrich a lot of people. And thank you for doing your work. Thank you. So as we wrap up today, Stephanie has provided a snippet of her solo CD, Through the Storm. And I have included this at the end of our show today. So please uh, stay around and listen to that because it will help soothe your soul. And Stephanie is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman story unfolds. <laughs>